0: The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after ten fifteen, uh, author David Essel joins us. He's uh, been a regular on the program. He just released a book called The 50-Plus Flavors of Erotic Love. Basically, how to have a more... Uh, kinky but monogamous relationship. We'll be talking to him after ten fifteen. But first, time to check out our inbox.
1: Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800.
0: Please remember that you can always uh, send me your uh, questions, your emails to laurie at com. So this one by email, or you can text right now at 514-800. Uh, Dear Lori, being a young virgin woman with my boyfriend, we do get into some petting and we exchanged oral only once. In speaking to a girlfriend, I told her he wanted to lick my butt. I did not let him because I worried I may not be clean even though I recently showered. When I masturbate, I sometimes put a finger inside my butt just a little. She told me to finger my butt with soap and water when showering as deep as I can without discomfort. She also suggested an enema. I never did an enema. Uh, is soap and water with a finger okay? On the internet, I'm finding conflicting information on on both so let's talk about that for a second first of all you're talking about uh, we call it uh, anal lingus right so it's um, with the tongue in the anal area there are uh, definitely some nerve endings there you're partner's not talking about penetration there but just some oral play there so there's no need uh, for an enema in fact there even even with anal penetration there's no need for an enema as long as you have had a, a bowel movement or you're not feeling like you need to to go and you're holding it in uh that would uh probably not work Um, so that's what you have to worry about but no you don't even have to stick a finger in there with soap and water all you need to do is wash as you normally would and soap your soap the area as you would your your genitals and and uh, your anal area and you'll be fine if you are worried then just do it right suggest taking a shower first uh, and then um getting sexual so that's something that that you can do but yeah uh, enema no 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 need for for this absolutely uh, not 514 800 if you want to text in uh, a question if you uh, if you have one you know that I answer all of your questions at the beginning of every show it's been about a month since i wrote into you about my situation i wanted to share with you the most recent updates things went from bad to worst so this is somebody who had texted in or sent me an email about a, a pretty toxic uh, relationship with i believe uh, a I think a bipolar, uh, partner, but it gets worse than that. Let me go on. He stopped his meds, started doing drugs again and became, uh, just a mean person. It got to the point I was scared. What finally did me in was the last time I saw him. He seemed to be having a good day. So we decided to go to dinner. I didn't think it was a good idea for him to drink, but I know there was no point to argue. We were having a wonderful time dancing around and kissing I, for a brief moment, it felt like I had my boyfriend back. Then something switched. I don't know what or how, but it went from amazing night to a nightmare. In all the time we were together, he never did drugs in front of me, and that night he did. Out of nowhere, he said, we have to go, so we left. I was following him home as we took separate cars. He pulled off into a parking lot, and he said he wasn't coming home with me. I got upset. This was my final straw of being strong. I burst into tears and lost it. I kept asking why I wasn't enough. He was stone cold. It was like I was looking at the Tin Man. It was the scariest I have seen him. I begged him not to go. He got into his truck. I stepped on the step up to his truck to stop him from leaving without me. I was hugging him in tears. He then started the truck, slammed on the gas, and took off with me on the step. I flew off the truck, hit my head on the pavement, and landed horribly on my shoulder, and he still drove off. I ended up in the hospital with a sprained shoulder, a concussion, bruised ribs, and many scrapes, but I am lucky that's all that happened. This was my end. I couldn't take any more mental abuse every other day. Then being physically abused was it for me. Um, This has been about two weeks. He had the balls to block me on every form of communication, so I sent him an email to ask what happened, how he changed so fast. I didn't hear from him for a week until he said he has been crying like a baby, missing me. I wanted to cave, but I can't take the pain anymore. I just want closure. I have emailed him a few times asking for closure so I can move on. I don't deserve the abuse. He hasn't responded, but I feel like I can't move on without it. I wanted to meet sober and say goodbye. I'm not sure why I want to meet in person, but for some reason, this is what my heart needs. I have such a bad taste for relationships now after being in love for the first time at 31 that I want to try and move on. I believe there is humanity. What do you think? Um, Okay, so what I think is that you need to get into therapy and you need to talk about this with somebody because this is... Everything you've described to me sounds like it's been a very bipolar relationship, up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, and not only that, quite toxic to you. Um, I know you think it's being strong to s- stick it out and stick it out and stick it out, but it's not. It's more about a a codependent kind of love where you're putting really his needs ahead of your own. Nobody deserves this kind of treatment. There's nothing you did to warrant any of this kind of treatment. Your partner is clearly, uh, ill, um, and even if a partner is ill, that doesn't mean you, it's an excuse to tolerate really bad, um, behavior. And it's not uncommon for, uh, abusers or people like this to, uh, hurt you and then come back and cry. I'm sorry. I'll never do this again. I don't know what got into me. Uh, it was this, it was the drugs, it was the alcohol, uh, and then you cave you take them back and then the cycle starts again and again and again and again so you've got to basically save yourself in this situation the closure bit I get it It, it's really tough to um, I mean the closure really was the end what happened to you that it's like no way no how no more and asking him why, what, how isn't going, you're not going to get any uh, clear answers. So please make a list for yourself of all the reasons why you cannot be with this person um, because of all the, the damage to you and remind yourself every day because we tend to get nostalgic and remember the good, only the good times and we forget all the reasons why we said no way uh, and we put an end to it. So try and remind yourself of those things, but do, please do speak to somebody. Texter writes in, she's wasting her time. There are better people out there. She sounds like a nice person, but she is ruining herself. Yeah, uh, it's difficult. And I feel for you because this is a really difficult situation, so please talk to somebody about it so you can talk about the, the codependence cycle here. Another texter says, I have one testicle. Do I have less chance to have kids? No, you, uh, you can, with one testicle, can produce uh, lots and lots of sperm. Don't forget, there are millions and millions of sperm in each ejaculate. So uh, it only takes one to impregnate. So don't, uh, don't worry. Hi, Dr. Lori, that young woman needs to not count on her bipolar boyfriend providing the closure she wants. Yeah, getting that closure is not going to work. Uh, coming up, uh, Dr., uh, not Dr., but David Essel, coach, uh, author of the new book, Um which is very interesting. I think it's going to be an eye-opener. 50-plus flavors of erotic love. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So excited to have one of my favorite guests on the program, David Essel. He is a best-selling author, speaker, radio host himself. joins us pretty regularly here on Passion, and he's just released a new book, I have it right here, hard copy in my hand, however, all of our listeners tonight will have access to the book for free, the PDF version, you just have to go to talkdavid.com, sign up, and you will get a copy just for our listeners, 50 plus flavors of erotic love, leaving the vanilla world for ecstasy, David, you wading into the sex world now. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Laurie, that's my you know what, department <laughs> I,
1: I, I know honey you know what's hilarious is that so many people know i've been a counselor for 30 years and all this other kind of stuff and in 1997 we started working in the world of erotica erotic love you know we we didn't advertise it we never have since 97 we hadn't had to because mm-hmm. people find us right um but you know it's one of those things that it, it's like, well, how did Fifty Shades of Grace sell 100 million copies, right? How does Harlequin Books, Harlequin Books in one year, the erotic novel publisher, sold 120 million erotic novels. Yep. Yep.
0: That, you know, that's, and so, that's how I first well, r- learned about sex, through reading Harlequin romances as a kid, <laughs> as a teenager. That's something,
1: you know, uh-huh. And so then, and you know, you have the book in your hand, Lori, and, and we decided, gosh, we have so many clients. I reached out. I said, hey, you know, I've worked with you guys before and, you know, your marriage was struggling, your relationship was struggling, you're on the verge of divorce, you were married for 10 years and hadn't kissed in six years. You know, I just contacted all these clients and said, would you mind sharing part of your story? And almost all of them did. So we put it together in this book and it's like a handbook, a guidebook, mm-hmm. Dr. Lori, where we share stories about how you can bring more erotic sensuality into your life. Um, and then I also then give, you know, a commentary about how to do it safely and how to do it sanely. Mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. the main purpose of the book, when someone said to me, well, why would you put out a book on erotica? And the main purpose is this. We want to see monogamy as a healthy, good, exciting way to live your life. You know, erotic right. monogamy. Sensual monogamy communicative monogamy Hmm. and that's what this book 50 plus flavors of erotic love does
0: And I think it's a good point because oftentimes people associate anything that is I mean I'll use the word kinky or more alternative Associated in outside of monogamous relationships, but everybody wants to be able to spice things up a little bit and everybody needs it to some degree they may not agree with all the different methods of the or the different ways some of your people have done it, uh, but they're still within the context of a loving relationship. And I've always said, whatever you, two people do who are doing it consensually and sanely and in a, in a in a within a loving intimate relationship, so be it. Do what you want. Yeah, exactly. Do what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we,
1: we reiterate, as you probably know, by reading the book, that whole consensual point, you know, we say that we we don't want you forcing your partner to do something they don't want to do. Now, you know, I've worked with couples in open relationships and swingers and all that kind of stuff. But what we found was, even though it sounds exciting in the beginning, we see about a 2% success rate of couples that stay together long-term in those type of lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Um, It it doesn't mean, you know, if that's your choice, I'm not judging, but we don't write about that in the book. We, you know, we even say, if that's what you want to do, do it. But this book is for couples that really want to be monogamous. Yes, they want to do sexier things. They want to do more fun things, maybe more daring things, but they want to do it together. And, and that's really the purpose of the book. So, you know, if, if and, and the other thing that I tell a lot of people, too, Dr. Laurie, is that if you're single, oh, my God, this is the time to read this type of book. Because <laughs> in the book, we give exercises on what turns you on emotionally, what turns you on physically. What have you not tried that you've always wanted to? What would you like to explore? You know, there's exercises to write. There's things to think. We tell people all the time, Google it, you know, like <laughs> if, you've never, if you've never used restraints on your partner, oh, we've got some great stories of, you know, really erotic, gentle restraints. And so what we want to do is keep people together. And you know, Dr. Lori, divorces are always going to happen. But we think yeah. with, with the right communicative style and the right variety of an approach in sensuality, that we can help more couples stay
0: together. I think so, and uh, from where I stand, anyway, I do see a lot of couples that, um, I mean, I, you know, I, obviously I tried to save these a lot of couples, but then I hear about couples who divorce before they ever get help, but it's over a sexual issue, you know. And then I'll have a partner come in and say, I, I need to fix me because my it didn't work with my partner. We had some sexual issues, and they never actually went and gave it a chance to try and get help and to try and work on on this stuff and oftentimes people don't talk about it or they do or they go to therapy but sexuality is not brought up so they have issues but yep. the sex is ignored right and then they they come to to more uh, somebody who's more of a specialist in the area and I, it's always astounding to me that no you know many times that the sexual issue is never addressed. So it's such a vital, um, part of the quality and the, um, the dynamic of the relationship because in sex, whatever's going on sexually is a, a kind of a, a a symptom or a signal of what else is happening in the relationship. Uh, so
1: 100% Dr. Laurie, you know, we, we say in the book, I don't know how many times, maybe a hundred times that, um, one of the reasons that we're encouraging couples and singles to buy the book, to read the book, and your listeners can get it absolutely free when they, as you mentioned at the top of the show, when they go to talkdavid.com. A lot of people have never sat down and wondered and spoke about what they would mm-hmm. like to do differently. Right. You know, there's so much shame and guilt. Um, and I tell my first story, you know, of, of how I got into well, I, I got into it by accident. I got into this in 1997. I was working with couples and. This woman came in and said, geez, I really need to work with you. My husband's not going to come in. It's just going to be you and I. For the first four weeks, she was just talking about how they were together for 10 years, but something was off. And then finally she told me that mm-hmm. one day her husband, who's a very type A, owns a lot of businesses, very successful, used to be very intimate with her over the last three months, had cut down the intimacy to almost nothing. And she kept asking, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, he finally just blurted it out. I want to do something so different in the bedroom. Right. And she she was shocked, you know, because she thought their sex life was great. And we find out later that, you know, for a number of years, he had been frustrated and bored with their intimate life. And finally, it just reached a crescendo where he pulled away and isolated.
0: Right. Well, part of the problem, my- David, is, is that because we're not taught to talk openly about sexuality, we end up... N- having either desires or fantasies or, or things that may be more on the kinky side that we are too afraid to share, too ashamed to share, afraid of being judged, afraid of being rejected. And so people live sometimes with that frustration and then it blows up somewhere somehow. Right. Um, So we want to be able to encourage couples to open the conversation. What I like about the book is it asks you the question. It's like, okay, think about this, and now think about that, and then try and answer Mm -hmm. this question and that question.
1: Yeah, and so we're trying to get people to get to know themselves first. And very few of us really do know, unless they've done work with you or me or they've worked with some other professional, very few of us know where all of our erogenous zones are. You know, like, there are women that we've worked with that have never had an orgasm with their partner. Mm-hmm. That's not uncommon in our practice. We, we hear about that a lot. But yeah. one of the things that made me really sad before I started writing the book and trying to figure out how to help couples is, and you know this, Dr. Lori, from your practice, so many people, either from shame and guilt or being rejected by their partner or were rejected by past partners, they end up going, you know, into sex addiction pornography addiction. They go into alcoholism. They go into workaholism because they're unhappy with their partner, but they don't talk about it. Right. So so we say, hey, listen, before you go down that road or if you've gone down that road and you want to come back, here's a guideline, a handbook to help you go from the trenches away from your partner Back into incredible union which again is what the point of the whole book is
0: right and and I want to just uh, it, it may be in other words is that addiction is are diseases of disconnect so oftentimes instead of moving towards a partner we disconnect from our partner by going into whatever various um, addictions are so the goal is to be able to connect but you don't just connect sexually you have to connect first emotionally intimately and then you can connect erotically and all of this kind of works in, in, um, you know, as a, as a, as a machine together, all these, all these elements need to be present. But first we need to understand where the disconnect is. Why is there a disconnect, yeah. uh, and be able to, to build on that. It's not as simple as here's a pill. Now you want more sex. Okay, great. Great. <laughs> it's all it's all done you know right. S- sexuality is so complex that there are so many elements that are there to put the brakes on um, yeah. way more things put the brakes on than than activate it that's the reality so we need to figure out where uh, those brakes are and i think at least the book kind of looks at okay now how do we activate the interest? How do we activate the erotic uh, feelings and the, the communication? David Essel is my guest. He wrote a brand new book, 50 plus flavors of erotic love, which you can all, all of you, get for free by going to talkdavid.com you'll get a pdf cop- copy more uh, with David we'll find out what has led to the massive decrease in uh, instability within our intimate relationships get his thoughts on that after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom the following program contains mature subject matter listener discretion is advised from the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. All right, tonight I'm going to forfeit our stupid sex story of the night because I just uh, want to make sure I have enough time to spend with David Essel, who is uh, one of my favorite guests. He just released a new book. It's an erotic handbook on love, basically a how to have a more uh, kinky uh, mm-hmm. sex within a monogamous Uh, relationship the book is 50 plus flavors of erotic love now i have the book in my hands but you guys all of our listeners have access to the book for free a pdf copy all you have to do is go to talkdavid.com and sign up for your uh your free book david what do you think has led to the all these issues the instability of a lot of relationships not just now because obviously now during the last nine months or so eight months with the pandemic it's really uh created a lot of uh instability for many people um but generally in our society what what would you relate it to
1: well i think that you know there's a lot going on here one thing is instant gratification you know we've become a society of instant gratification so If you say to your partner one time, hey, would you like to try, you know, blindfolds? And they go, are you kidding me? That's for wackos. And then we go, okay, I'm never going there again. But we'll go find someone who likes blindfolds. Mm. So, you know, I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest problems we've seen over the years is people are used to getting what they want, when they want it. We don't have patience in communication. It's gotten worse in what I see over the years in my practice. Uh, and, and people want it now. And if you don't agree with them, then you know what? They're going to find it from someone else. Uh, I think the options of affairs and pornography and workaholism and alcoholism and food, I think there's so many different ways to escape the conversations. Right. And the other, the other thing that's been with us forever, Lori. and you know, we talk about this with several of the clients in the book, so many people are raised with shame and guilt, even today, around the concept of sex.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like parents don't want to talk to kids, or their teens about it. Teens don't want their parents to talk about it. That doesn't matter. You still need to talk about it. Um, but, you know, people have moved away and they feel that shame and guilt. You know, there's a couple stories I tell and This is not unusual about, you know, women being raised in environments where the male role model, is making fun of them at 12 or 13 because they're growing breasts or, you know, there's like so many sad stories that, as right. you know, as a counselor and, and myself as a counselor, Dr. Lori, we hear these things. Yeah. But I wanted to put it out there as all of the blocks that lead to inconsistent short term relationships, how easy it is to divorce, how easy it is to have an affair. So I think those are just a a few of the different reasons. And, And if we've never worked through shame and guilt from our teens or before that we were raised in a family, you know, churches can be a part of this, creating shame and guilt as well as society. Then we come into this adulthood, not knowing who we are, what we like, what we don't like. And it really does create a lot of confusion within couples. I mean, today, one of the things I'm using, of course, the book is out now, but the exercises in the book we've been using for years. And do you know, like when I say to to a couple and I work with couples individually, we do it a little differently, but I'll say, what turns you on emotionally about your partner? And they'll look at me with blank eyes. (laughs) You know, I'll say, what does your partner do that, you know, really, really excites you? And, uh, well, in the book, we talk about, you know, one guy, whenever his wife goes to put on lipstick, it drives him crazy. Um, Another woman wrote about how when she sees her man in a suit, she gets really turned on. And now when I ask these people the questions in our one-on-one sessions, I'll say, does your partner know this? They'll go, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> you know like
0: that's what's no, I... missing right is is being able I, I often tell my uh, couples this is that you don't have to have sex to show somebody that you find them desirable you just have yeah. to verbalize it they need to feel it they need to feel even if you're too tired or it's not a good time if you can just convey that to your partner. Wow, when I see you in a suit, it really, it's hot. Or uh, it warms my heart when you do this or that. Especially for women. I talk about if what warms your heart when your partner does what? What, what warms your heart? Yeah. Because that makes you far more open to, uh, to sexuality, actually. So uh, you're Absolutely. so right. Absolutely. You know,
1: one thing that we talk about in the book that we think that the erotic path is so powerful with is staring into your partner's eyes. You know, while you're, whether you're rubbing a feather all over their body or massage oil or hot wax or whatever it is, is that you keep that eye contact. And there is something really spiritual, sacred and deep about looking into your partner's eyes, no matter if you're doing kink or no kink. Yeah. There's this. Incredible connection. You know, you were mentioning before about you know being specific, and I tell my own stories in the book about some of the mistakes I made. But I remember Dr. Laurie It wasn't until I got the first client that she said, you know, her husband freaked her out because he's bored with sex and he wants to do something crazy. In her mind, it was crazy at the time, and then she loved it. But it was right after that I started thinking about how I had not with the woman I was with at the time. We had been together for a couple years how I had not been open about what I thought about her. I mean, she knew I loved her. I told her I loved her and everything. I never told said anything about her body. I never, because I was raised that that's being a pig. That's (laughs) objectifying women,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? And so I, and so I shut down, but after working with my first couple in the erotic world, I said, you know, what the heck? So we went out to dinner and I couldn't do it to her face, but I sent her an email. And in the email, I outlined, you know, like how she looked, how the dress hugged her body, how the silhouette of the moon when she was at the restaurant showed this amazing physique that I was so turned on by. You know, and I sent her the email. The response I got was crazy good. (laughs) She couldn't believe it. She said, I never really thought you were really that into my body. You know, I've been with her for 2 years. Right. What does that say, right? Well, I <laughs> think
0: like- I think there's a there's the difference right there because you you talked about the objectification but within a relation a loving relationship Telling your partner, male, female, whatever, that you love their body or their body turns you on or their mind turns you, whatever it is, is not objectification. It's appreciation and showing that appreciation and showing that it's, that person is activating something in you. And if you can show this even 10 years down the line, 15 years, 30 years And you continue to do that. Um, You know, uh, my, the best, and I, I I love it. The best example was this summer. uh, My parents are here. My parents are both in their eighties. Okay. Mm -hmm. And my, they were in the backyard. My mother was in a bathing suit and my father looked at, looked at my mother, my mom with desire and turns to me, says, look how hot your mother is, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like look how hot her legs are or whatever it was. And it was just like, Wow, you know, and this is after 50, almost 60 years of marriage.
1: Yeah. So,
0: and, and the word, like it was appreciated. You could see, and it's it's just remembering, you know, and I, we have to remember this. I just want to share a couple of texts here. I think as couples age together, their sexual wants and desires change, but I think most discuss it. I don't think so. Those that do not and are happy with their sex life or they are the or the the lack thereof is just fine too. However, there is a risk of creating a problem that before did not exist. I don't think there's a risk of creating a problem if you're if you're happy with your sex life. Nobody, that's fine. We're, this is yeah. not this is not for you. Like if you're looking for something else or you are thinking about other things, then it might be for you. We're gonna come back with David Essel, 50 plus flavors of erotic love we'll talk about um you mentioned in the book some of the kinkier stuff the domination submission i want to know where your head is at with that so we'll talk about that uh, with david coming up passion with dr Lori Batito on cjad 800 we got a few minutes left with one of my favorite guests, uh, David Essel. He is a number one, he's a best-selling author, he's a coach, he's a public speaker, he does his own radio show. He just released a book called 50 Plus Flavors of Erotic Love, basically an erotic handbook on love where there are all kinds of exercises in there, meaning like uh, You know, where you can answer questions and talk to each other to facilitate communication about your sexual needs, your sexual desires, and exploring just a little bit. Uh, So, David, you talk about, you have a few chapters um, dedicated to talks about domination, submission, basically some BDSM stuff, like Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Um, But what do you, what do you, what's the message you're trying to get? get through here?
1: Well, you know, my publicist, TJ Toriello, on the back of the book, put a book, great, great quote. He says, you know, this book is Fifty Shades of Grey meets therapy. Right. And it really is, you know. you And I, I think the, the dominant submissive archetypes are so natural in life. In all relationships, there's usually a more assertive person, more outgoing, more talkative and a more passive one. It's a very natural part of life. The words domination and submission have been used in the old terms of BDSM as, you know, being in a cage, strapped to a, 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 you know, a chair, hanging from the ceiling from your feet.
0: It's the ideas whipped, we get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, being,
1: being whipped, being caned, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what we said is that, that's not 2020. That's not this year's, you know, dominant, submissive relationship. I mean, I this is a favorite of mine. It it is so natural when you find the right assertive man or woman, because it can go both ways. When you find the right passive man or woman and you connect on a friendship level first, obviously, and then you go into the depth of intimacy and love, it can be the most mind-blowing experiences. And to me, the most incredible stories in the book are from the submissives that shared what it was like to be taken. And, you know, when we talked earlier about Fifty Shades of Grey, this is a craving for conservative women, conservative men. You know, this isn't just some something we put together for the wild kids in mm-hmm, the world. Mm-hmm. This has been going on for years. It creates a bond unlike anything I've ever seen in, well, 40 years in the industry now, Lori. I have never seen a bond deeper than that between... a a dominant person and a submissive person or an assertive person and a passive person when they accept their roles and they love them. And I write about this in the book as a dominant lover, I worship my submissive. Mm -hmm. I worship her like she's the queen of the earth and the vice versa. So again, you know, our book is shattering stereotypes. Now I will say this, there's a dom, I know a dominatrix, who read the book and said no you need dungeons yeah. <laughs> you need paint you know <laughs> and i said you have to catch up with the world it's 2020 this this um,
0: is this go- is where you're talking about mainstreaming it right now so we're not talking about the extremes in 50 shades i think what what i read into this is There is an almost a natural, like if you, if you start to think about it in relationships, you often have one person who's the initiator, for example, or one person who makes the suggestions or what, and they can be seen as more dominant or, uh, more submissive. I think it's about exploring. I think what you're saying is exploring those roles so that you're actually role playing them, um, more explicitly, if you will.
1: Yeah, and we even say in the book, it goes outside of the bedroom. You know, there are stories written by submissives that just hearing their dominant partner's voice on the phone can bring them to orgasm. And when you think about it, Dr. Lori the brain is an amazing, this is where all sex starts and ends. If you can be with a partner and you hear their voice and they bring you to orgasm, That is one of the most powerful examples of a connected union that you could ever talk about. It is amazing. And when I say over, you know, hearing their voice, I mean, they might be standing next to you or they might be in another side of the country, as several of the stories share. You know, so you're right. It's mainstream. We're bringing this mainstream and we're doing it in a way that is palatable. We're doing it in a way that you can follow along, We give you guidelines on how to walk into it. We say, don't race and run, crawl, get to know yourself, get to know your partner's desires. And then, you know, there's a story in the book about a woman that came to me, her husband wouldn't come. He's a CPA. And he was very straight laced and they had sex once every couple of weeks and it was missionary. And then the minute he was done, it was over. And so she came to me first complaining, you know, about the fact that my husband's a CPA, he's really dry. This isn't working. I want out. And so, I took her through our course. We have a, a, a eight to ten week course that we take people through. At the end of the course, she was so blown away that she goes home to her husband. She leaves a copy of the course outline out by accident,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that night she comes home and there's a note on the bed, and it says, "Take a shower. There's new perfume on the counter. I want you to use it. Go into the go into the uh, the closet. There's new lingerie. Put it on." There are new heels. Please put those on. And then underneath the bed, there are blindfolds. There's oil. There's a candle. Pull out what you want. Put it on the bed. Put the blindfold on and lay down, and I'll be home later. I couldn't believe her <laughs> CPA husband had read her book, saw what she was into, and bought into it right away. Right. That relationship was on the verge of divorce. Just like a lot of the relationships that we write about in the book, Dr. Lori, they're breaking up, they're having affairs, they're alcoholics, they're going through a divorce, and all of a sudden they see a new way to communicate. And But it, it's communication first, sex second. You know, it's not right, like, of oh, course, okay, of I, I'm just going to do- dominate you.
0: Right, right, it's, right.
1: Let's do it correctly.
0: Which is, it's the scary part, you know, and it does take, I want to say, takes people out of their comfort zone, no question about it, but the expression that life begins outside your comfort zone really works, like growth and change happens outside of your comfort zone. So you don't have to go so far outside your comfort zone. There are many different options that you can pick, (laughs) but um, you have to go, you have to just, trust and go a little bit outside of your comfort zone that's of course if you have a relationship where you can talk and where you there are not a lot of underlying resentments because of course what gets in oftentimes of a couple sexual relationship is other things that start Uh to take over and other resentments that are there and women feeling like um it's you know a responsibility or a chore or i yeah. i try to move people away from that because again you'd think in this day and age we wouldn't hear that anymore that it's but it's her duty or i feel like it's a chore or and yet we still hear it uh that's right. and, and that's a problem so we need to get people men and women to to have sex because it's pleasurable not because they have to do it <laughs> not because it's a chore
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so true. You know, Dr. Laurie, one story in here that was so adorable, this guy who was, you know, a very assertive, dominant, his girlfriend, very submissive, passive. They had a great relationship. But after a couple of years, he came in and said, hey, I got to take this course with you. There's something missing. I've talked to her. She can't figure it out. She feels it, too. So I told him to go watch several videos, and I directed him where to go. He comes in the next week. He sits down. He goes, oh, my God, I feel so embarrassed. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I found the thing missing from our dominant, submissive relationship. And I'm looking at him, and going, well, well, great, what is it? He looks at me, and he goes, I'm so embarrassed. He said, it's called French kissing, David.
0: He oh, said, my goodness. Have,
1: he said, we have not French kissed since we met.
0: Oh, and my. And they've been
1: together for several years. He said, you know, we kiss, and we our lips connect. But he goes, and then all of a sudden, I'm watching this video. And I'm watching this man and woman, and they're going crazy with their tongues. And he said, I almost orgasmed watching the video. <laughs> so he goes, I go home to my girlfriend, and he said, okay, listen, I saw this thing. I really want to get into it. She goes, start right now. And he said, it has turned their relationship. And they were already into a lot of this stuff, but something like that. you know? So right. looking in the eyes, going back into French kissing. Do you remember, Dr. Laurie, um, when you were in high school – I mean, when you French kissed, you thought that you were That was in
0: heaven. it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. heaven, man. <laughs> it's the most erotic part of, of sexuality, and it's the part that's often the most neglected. It, and that's I'm talking funny. about long-term relationships, you know. David, yeah. we've run out of time, but I want to thank you. Uh, on behalf of all our listeners who have access now to your book for free, all you have to do is go to talk david.com sign up and you will get your free copy in your inbox the book 50 plus flavors of erotic love david always such a pleasure talking to you stay safe over there in uh, florida
1: I sure will. Dr. (laughs) Lori, great to be back with you. Have a great rest of your day. All
0: right. We'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Thanks to all of you for uh, tuning in and for some of your texts. Thank you to Dave Simon, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlaurie.com, where you can also find uh, podcasts of all the past shows, or you can always get it on the iHeart app on the CJD page. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.